All right, so tonight on the Cliff Show, we've got Sean Van Horsen. When my, uh, I actually just met him, so I've seen you. I actually uh, used to work at the Ridge back okay. in, shoot, that was 2017. Okay, I was there. You've been going there for a while, so I do recognize you from then. Yep. Um, but Sean is, if you can't tell, pretty huge, dude. How much do you weigh? Um, right now, uh, I was 227 this morning. So. Okay. Um, I'm in anywhere between 225 and 235, depending on okay. what, if I ate good or if I yeah. ate not good. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. So Sean's a bodybuilder uh, here in Bozeman. Uh, are you from Montana, born and raised? Yeah. So from a small town called Clancy. Okay. Um, right outside of Helena, yep. essentially. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Montana, born and raised. So right on. Uh, Southeast Montana, though, Ashland. Oh, I don't know where that Tiny, is. Tiny, uh, yeah. on the res down there. So okay. it's like 500, cool. 500 people down that way, but... <laughs> Broadus, Colster, Miles City. Oh, okay. Kind of Broadus, yeah. I went to school in Broadus, so. Gotcha. Uh, that's the part of the state I'm from. But um reason I want to have you on is because I've got a lot of passion in health and fitness. I mean, I don't compete in bodybuilding, but I've done right. like Ironmans, marathons, Spartan okay. races, the Ridge Run, things like that. So yeah. I guess more endurance stuff is kind of what I lean towards. Um, I think because my, my high metabolism favors that right it's yeah. easier Got the ectomorph yeah, yeah for on. sure um but how did you i'm really curious how did you get started in health and fitness like were you always because like i'll give you an example miss or kira or whatever she like was never into sports like she gotcha. didn't do any athletics nothing like that until she got into health and fitness like what was your yeah so i i always played sports okay. growing up um as long as i can remember uh, my dad was a big influence on me as well. Yeah. Um, he pr- played uh, semi-pro baseball. Okay. So baseball Where was at? my main sport. Uh, over in Indiana, it was before okay. they had like a farm league. Oh, yeah. So it was just all independent teams. Okay. Um, they would play, play like prison teams and stuff, which was kind of nice. crazy. He's got some stories. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, so always played sports, played soccer, baseball, football. Uh, basketball, I was terrible at, but I played it anyway. Okay. And then in high school, I started to kind of niche into baseball. Yep. And uh, fortunately, got a chance to play in college. Okay. So I played at the University of Mary um, for a year. Where is the University of Mary? It's in Bismarck. Oh, so, North Dakota. Yeah. Nice. Not the greatest place <laughs> to no. go live for a while. But um, met a lot of cool people out there. Had a good time. I did blow my knee out, so tore my ACL, MCL, nice, um, and my meniscus, all at the same time, and that pretty much ended my baseball career. What year in college was that? That was my sophomore year. Okay. And my freshman year, I actually went to Montana State. Oh, really? Um, okay. So I I got an offered walk on. In between my freshman and my sophomore year, so okay, kind of a weird thing i was still able to play for my college team or my high school team yeah after my freshman year of college because of the age limit oh um, really they changed it okay um and i qualified to play for the high school team so that's what i did had a crazy good year and yeah. then had some tape sent it over to you mary went there blew my knee out came back to montana state and that's when i got into lifting pretty seriously okay i'd always lifted for sports yeah um, so I'd been lifting since I was about 14. Okay. Started to take it serious when I was 18 and then started to take it like competitively serious around the age of 20. Mm-hmm. So I got into powerlifting. Yeah. Did that for two, three years. Um, sustained a, you know, just kind of wear and tear from that. And then, um, kind of just from 23 to 26 kind of just lifted to stay in shape and I enjoyed it. Always loved the gym. What are like the, uh, oh, cause I don't even, I don't know a ton about the competing side of lifting, right. but for powerlifting, is it just like clean squat bench? Or so just, it's, uh, it's literally just bench squat deadlift. Bench squat deadlift. Okay. Yeah. It. So how good you can get at those. Okay. Um, and I was terrible at benching, so uh, okay. wasn't, and I still am, um, not like built for powerlifting essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I gave it a good run. I really strong legs. So I did good with my other two lifts. It was yeah. always the bench that sabotaged me. But um, got into bodybuilding. I was always really interested in bodybuilding because when I was growing up, my dad, again, 
um, was an amateur bodybuilder. So mm-hmm. I would watch him in the gym. He would take us to the gym. Okay. So I have memories from when I was like five, six, seven. Um, yep. My dad's lifting in the gym and I'm just chilling in the basketball courts. Obviously you get bored yeah. as a kid. Yep. So you go check out what he's doing and he'd yep. show us how to do these lifts. And oh, nice. um, so it kind of grew up with it around me and always had these these big guys around me yeah and um decided to give it a run uh three years ago and i was like eh, just give it a shot really and that's when i got into bodybuilding competitively anyway so interesting okay yeah so do you think you're stronger now on your deadlifts uh it's different (laughs) or deadlift bench and what would you say deadlift bench squat yeah yeah are you stronger now than when you were competing in um, powerlifting powerlifting probably um okay but I've, that's also, you know, I've had six years of lifting in between yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so okay. my bench is definitely stronger. I can tell you that much. And a lot of that was just working on form yeah. and like fixing little things. Because as, you know, as you you learn more, you apply it more and yeah. it becomes easier. And then squat and deadlift. I've, I went through a period where I lifted my legs twice a week for like three years in a row. So oh, okay. just by... Just by doing that yeah. pretty hard, it's you're gonna get stronger. So what do you think your max is for those three lifts right now? Uh bench, I'm probably somewhere around like three thirty. Okay. Um, which still isn't like phenomenal for someone my yeah. size. Mm-hmm. Um squat, I'm I'm over the five hundreds. I I wouldn't be able to guess. Um oh, really? I usually stop around five hundred okay. yeah. for a couple and then stop. So five hundred five hundred to five twenty five conservatively. Okay. And then deadlift, probably around the same, probably around 500. Okay. So pretty, pretty good. Whereas when I was competing, it's probably around 400 area with both those. So how many bodybuilding shows have you done now? I'm up to four. Okay. Yeah. So three years, four, four shows. What do they focus on? Like, I know nothing about bodybuilding as far as like what, like as a judge on, cause like you're looking like you look big you got clothes on obviously. So I can't tell, but like in your like bodybuilding pictures. You look shredded, dude. Like, yeah, so, so it's a, it's kind of a male beauty pageant. That's what I call yeah, it. Anyway. Yeah, so they look for conditioning, which is like how so, lean you are. Okay. Um, they look for muscle size, which is where I was lacking. Um, okay. With my last show, um, they tell you like which parts are lacking. Yeah, what was so they yours tell lacking you. Um, overall size, I'm okay. generally lacking upper body. Uh, my legs are right there. Yeah. Um, I hold a lot of my weight in my quads, but they just said chest, shoulders, back, okay. um, size. So, <laughs> um, that's something I'm working on for before my next show. And then, so it's conditioning size and then symmetry is a big one too. Oh, so really? if you're, if you have one side that's bigger than another, mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Um, and a lot of that's how well you can hide it because most people have some sort of imbalances somewhere. Right. I know I have a huge imbalance in my back from baseball, just like rotational yeah, stuff, makes sense. Uh, throwing, hitting. Um, but you learn how to pose correctly. You learn how to hide it. And okay. That makes sense. A lot of it's just showing, showing your strong points and hiding your weak points. Showing certain angles or. Yeah, okay. exactly. So interesting. Okay. So how did you place in that last one? Not great. Okay, really? <laughs> yeah, so I did two shows this year. Yep. I did one in uh beginning of August, and that one was Colorado Cup, and I got second in that one, which was great. Uh, and that qualified me for the Nationals show. So the Nationals, mm-hmm. basically the way bodybuilding works is you do a regional, um, and then you do a national. If you win the national, then you're considered a professional. You get your pro card then? Yeah. Okay. So I decided I wanted to try the national. That was kind of my goal for this year. Knowing I wouldn't place phenomenal, yeah. thinking I would place better than I actually did, but um, I went to get the feedback um, mm-hmm. so I could prepare for the next year. Yeah. And I ended up, there was 33 competitors. I ended up getting 26th. So okay. um, very last call out, uh, center on the last call out, which is good. I mean, yeah. I won the last call out, yep. but it was the last call out. So. Is there any money in bodybuilding at the stage you're in right now or not really? No, unless you have like a huge Instagram following yeah. and sponsors, Okay, you're not getting anything. So it's all on your own end. It's not from like yeah. winning or... Yeah, so I always do like drives for my shows. Yeah. Um, well, I'll put 
I'll write thank you notes and I put um, people's names on my shirt and I wear that shirt all mm. weekend. Um, do that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's all, you're funding yourself. Essentially, yeah. Okay. And it gets pretty expensive at some point. How so. much does a show cost? Depending on where it's at. So nationals, okay. you have your registration fee, which is about 200 bucks. Okay. And then you have, you have to be an NPC member, which is another hundred bucks. And then obviously plane ticket, uh, Airbnb. Yep. I got lucky with my Airbnb, um, with some other competitors, but the host hotel was mm-hmm. 600 a night, which is crazy. So uh, yep. I did, I found a Airbnb for 250 the whole week, which okay. was nice. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, your food and all that sort of stuff. So it, it ends up being a pretty hefty expense. Probably, yeah. probably around for nationals, it was about two grand okay. like, total. Yep. And then for the Colorado show, it was probably about 800,000 bucks, which is a little yeah, bit better. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the goal? Because you're, because you got your coaching business where you do nutrition uh, as well as like um, training yeah, programs. Training, right? nutrition, mindset. Okay. Um, Personal, I have two different sets of goals, right? I have my yeah. business goals and my personal goals. Yep. Um, my personal goals would be to eventually become a professional mm-hmm. um, bodybuilder. Okay. Um, within the next two or three years. Okay, so sweet. that's kind of my cap. If it doesn't happen within three years, I'll take a step back from that and just focus on coaching. Okay. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I'm at the age right now and I'm, I'm young in the sport. Like I said, I've only been doing it for three years. Yeah that I, I do have potential. Uh-huh. And, um, that was some of the judges feedback. They said, you have the shape and the structure. You just need the size. And mm-hmm. if you get the size, you'll be a professional. No problem. So okay. nice. it's just a patience game and, um, doing things right. So. Is it a pretty full time effort getting to that level? Like how many hours a day or a week are you putting into this craft of becoming a body, professional bodybuilder? So really, I mean, it really depends on how serious you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking it more serious than I ever have before. So you think about it, your recovery is important. So right. you have to sleep at least mm-hmm. seven hours a night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, food intake is super important. So what okay. what you're eating, how much of it, um, how many calories you're putting down, mm-hmm. how often you're eating. Yep. Um, so I'm eating five, six times a day. Okay, um, that's a lot. Which is kind of a full-time job itself. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that the meal part of it is a commitment yeah. in itself. And then your training, the training is honestly like the fun part yeah. that everybody can do, uh-huh. but it's the other things that kind of set you apart. So yeah, the sleep, the meals, um, even like the, the health supplementation, like the amount of magnesium I eat is stupid. What's the point of that? Like I know magnesium <laughs> from like a sleep standpoint. Yeah. So but it, what helps, about? it just helps with muscle recovery. Oh really? Um, okay. It really helps you relax. It helps. It allows you to transport nutrients to your muscles a bit, a bit better. How much magnesium were you taking? Like twelve hundred milligrams a day, which is how many quite pills is that? <laughs> Just three. Um, okay. But I mean, most people, you know, you take one before bed and you're good to go. Yeah. So okay. I yeah. take one in the morning, one at lunch, and one at night. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's you know three times more than, <laughs> and then it's whatever you get magnesium, in your food yeah. sources too. So. Okay. But that the food part's probably the hardest part. As far as the commitment goes, yeah, and then the rest is kind of it's it's all part of the lifestyle of just being healthy. So that makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and you're married too. Married. Yep. Just celebrated one year. Oh, uh, beginning of October. Yeah, that's awesome. She Montana girl as well, or not? She's a military child. Okay, moved around everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) she's from the U.S. Is what? Okay, (laughs) what we could say. Nice. So. So is she? Does she help out a lot in these goals? Like help. You know, um, kind of like this is your goal. You're doing it on your own. Yeah. So it's more, she's supportive yeah, of yeah. it. Um, she doesn't quite understand, like she's a much less competitive person. Yeah. Than me. Um, so it, it, it is a bit different. Like she, she'll help me. Um, like when I'm getting ready for the competition, she'll help me. Like I can't reach my back. So she'll help me shave and that okay. sort of stuff. Yep. Um, she doesn't like make me extra meals or that okay, sort of stuff. Yeah, she's like, yeah. That's your thing. You're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she doesn't have a problem with it either. She's, cool. She's very supportive. Supportive, yeah. And then obviously, if she ever wants to do anything, it's my job to be supportive of that too. So, <laughs> dude, hundred percent. I yeah. like it. So, how long have you been coaching? Because yeah, you have your coach on your Instagram. You got that link there. How long have you been uh, taking on clients as a coaching? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, so in person, I was working at the Ridge. Um, Were you a trainer there? Yeah. That's right, yeah. So I, in 2016, I worked at the Pit Okay. Um, for an internship, finished up my schooling, got my certified strength and conditioning certificate, and then moved to Hamilton, Montana. Mm-hmm, yep. So coached there for a year and a half, moved back to Bozeman, started at the Ridge, was there until 2020, and then obviously COVID happened. Right. So I started online coaching in 2020, mm. but I also quit as soon as the Ridge reopened. Oh, okay. Um, so I did like a six-month stint then, uh-huh. and then I had a couple clients that I've you know kept on throughout yep. the years online. And then uh, July this year, I put in my two weeks at the Ridge and started doing coaching nice. more seriously online, and the goal is to make it my full-time job, so... Okay. Yeah. What kind of spurred on the two-week notice of the Ridge? Was it like, I want to do this? Like, it's about time I do um, it? Or A couple things. I, I'd i been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the costs in Bozeman are not going down anytime soon. <laughs> That's for sure. And my wife works at the university, so we're here. You know? Yeah. We're, sticking around. We're, we're here for until she doesn't want to work there, and she enjoys her job. So, um, I have a good job at LexisNexis, and I was doing that. And the Ridge... I was working in the evenings, so part-time there, and they wanted me to have more hours than I was currently getting, mm. and I didn't want to put the effort in to do that because I was already stretched pretty thin with bodybuilding, prep. I was in the middle of getting ready for my show, so and okay. that takes a lot of time when you're... Yeah. I was like three weeks out, so in the middle of prep, um, I, have, I was working on... Uh, I had a meal prep company at the time, so oh, really? I was doing meal prep for other people. Dang. So I had three That's jobs, you know, and um, I was thinking about it. Uh, the percentages, I, I, I was making a lot more money online coaching in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense to, it was time for me to move on. Um, and there was a change of management there. Um, and yeah. The way things were headed work environment wise, I wasn't super stoked about. Sure. <laughs> Nah, so I just kind of was like, instead of trying to tough it out, it'd yeah. be better for me to just go on my own and yeah. do it that way. So, Is there good margins in meal prep company? Was that decent? Or? No, that's why I shut it down. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed cooking. Yeah. Uh, I worked in a kitchen for seven years. Okay. Um, nice. So I love the craft of cooking and, yeah. and prepping food. Mm-hmm. The margins were not great, especially with the rising costs of food. I tried to keep my costs stable and reasonable. Yeah. Um, but the food costs kept going up, and my prices stayed the same. Yeah. So Eating that. Making. I I, would, I told my wife it's pretty much beer money. You know, you uh-huh. get like, hundred twenty bucks a month is. Oh yeah. Not not gonna make For a sure. business flourish. So. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Dang. Okay. Um. So then you got your. You also have a. You have a podcast. Yeah, I just well. started doing this. Yeah, in what, last month? Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay, so. same as me, so. Yeah. Um, it's what, Tuesday Thoughts? Is that what it's called? Tuesday Thoughts, yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's really short form. Yeah, I listened to a couple simple. episodes. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just me basically like going through my thoughts. Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just these thoughts that you have. You know, everybody has different thoughts throughout the day and week. Um so I just like to give my perspective on things uh, that I find important or interesting. Yeah. Um, and there, I try to keep them under 10 minutes. Is there an agenda like all right, this week I'm doing this or it's kind of whatever you have no, going whatever, on? No, whatever's going on, man. Like, yep. I don't want to structure it. I, I only want to do it for fun. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. I like that. Have you wanted to do a podcast for a while? Yeah. I, I had one rolling with one of my buddies. Um, a couple of years ago, two, maybe, yeah, two years ago. Uh, we started one. It was, man, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but we we did it weekly okay, for nice. a while, and it was more based on masculinity. So, oh, nice. Um, kind of where we're at currently. There was some politics involved, not like super, super political, but it was more based on like the state of the mm. masculinity in America today, which was really fun. Yeah. Um. But we both just got really busy and it fell out. So interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, obviously we're here doing this one, and then I do some with Brandon Clark every now. I and watched then a little well. bit of that one. Yeah. So we, 
I, I go around. I like doing podcasts. I like talking to people. So yeah, <laughs> no, I can see. Um, I really like the. So I've read a lot of books like uh, The Way of Men, The Art of Masculinity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know who Stefan Arnio is? I don't. So Stefan Arnio, he died in 2020 from uh, colon cancer that came back, but he's 36, 37. Gotcha. Real estate investor in, in Canada, but he wrote these books called Hard Times Create Strong Men. Okay. And it's a, it's, a, it's a series, but pretty much the reason he wrote it is he went to the jungle to fast for 40 days to kill his cancer okay. uh, in Costa Rica. And when he came back, his whole company was like in disarray. Like he always says, like all my salesmen, like, you're not my boss. I don't, I don't work for you, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, where did all these hmm. boys come from essentially? Right. So he just wrote these, like this fat thousand page book called hard times, great strong men, which he'd, he'd written or read and written a number of books before that. Um, Stephen Arneo, Stephen Arneo, Stephen Arneo. Right. So hot take. What do you think the, the state of the world is for men? Um, I mean, I think it's, so I'm, I love uh, philosophy. Yeah, and same. I, I sit in the Stoicism party quite mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marcus Aurelius, um, Seneca, obviously Epictetus, Epictetus, yeah, and uh, Seneca, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I do think the hard times create men, and mm-hmm. we're we're in a not a hard time right now. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to see, um, especially looking at social media and media outlets that. Yep. Things aren't like they used to be about right. 10, 15, 20 years ago. And even in our childhood, because yeah. um, you're 26. Yeah, in a couple of days here, yes. but yeah, 26. Well, yeah. Happy early birthday. Thanks. <laughs> um, so like even growing up in the glimpse of the 90s that you got, mm-hmm. you could see there's a lot more toughness that was pushed almost. For sure, yeah. Um, and even because my, my big brother has a kid and watching the other kids um, interact with her compared to how she was raised. It's very different. Um, So some kids are very, very much whiny um, and that's normal with kids. Right. But there are other kids who you, you can see are being raised to be a little bit tougher. Yeah. And I think what we're losing in this day and age is that it's okay to struggle. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that's where we're at with the state of men is nobody wants to struggle, but struggling is what creates your character yeah, for and without sure. character then we're, there's no substance to, yeah, we're not really doing ourselves yeah. justice as far as making this world a better place. Um, we're just becoming yeah. leeches and whiny, which is unfortunate. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And in that book, hard times create strong, man, there's a cycle. So he said like the world goes through 80 year cycles. Cause that's usually when everyone dies and things repeat themselves. Year, yeah. So they're 20 year quarters. So 24, 60, 80. And it's hard times create strong men. Yep. Strong men create good times. Good, good times, times create, create weak men. men. Yep, weak this. men create hard times. And like in the book, there's a, there's a graph of like the years. And in 2020 started the 20 year cycle of hard times creating strong men again. Okay. So have kids within the next 20 years is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because this is... I mean, essentially these next 20 years, if history does repeat itself, which it usually does, is going to be a time of creating strong men, which means that we don't have any strong men yet. Right. We need, we're we we're in that. a time of weak men right we now, are. for sure. And I think it's very visible. So Yeah, I would definitely agree. So in your, um, in your bio for Instagram, it says you coach high-achieving, or is that what high-achievers, right? High-achievers, yeah. Okay. How do you, do people reach out to you or do you like reach out to them? How is like that? Both. Okay. Um, so the reason I put high achievers is I want people who want to better themselves. Identify with that. And, right. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want people who are trying to not just better their life for surface reasons. Right. I want them to better their lives for things deeper than just looking good or things mm-hmm. deeper than you know, the vacation they got planned in two months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, my style of uh, coaching is a lot different than your typical, um, here's your diet and go. Okay. Um, I teach people how to, it's slower. So right. uh, the weight loss is slower, but it's sustainable, right? Mm. So um, I shoot for one to two pounds a month or a, a week. Okay. Is all. Yep. Um, 
which is conventionally like you can, I could make people lose five pounds a week if I really wanted to, mm-hmm. but it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I want people to, they'll relapse if it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want, I want people to, when they get done working with me, I have a three month program. When you're done working with me, you should know how to do all this yourself. Okay. So it's, it's educational. Um, and it's, you have to be pretty motivated to learn. Right. Um, and that's why I put high achievers because the, these people are people I know will put the effort forth and mm. people I know will ask the questions that they want to instead of just make excuses about why they're not doing the correct things. So what do you charge for a three month package? It really just depends really? on, uh, what they're after. Um, top premium package, mm. which is like everything is about 3,200 okay. just it's a, it's a big chunk of change, but yeah. at the end of the day, if you look at what you're paying for a personal trainer a month right. and you're getting less than what I'm offering you, it's about a thousand bucks a month if you're going three times a week. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of what I base my price on. And then obviously if you want less than the full package, there's, there's tears to it. Yeah. Um, I am running specials like constantly. So hardly ever is it actually 32. It, yeah. It's usually around 24. Um, which is, you know, it's fair, but it is pushing the price point a bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think I forget who this guy's name is. He's a, he's a black guy. He's, he's a Christian business guy. Cause he preaches on like Christian, um, who's I know he's a Christian cause he preaches on like biblical beliefs based in business, essentially how to like okay. 10 extra business with biblical beliefs or whatever. And uh, he was talking about how he charges, he has like 100 spots. He had like, you know, 10 left. Um, 150 grand is what he's taking. And he's yep. taking like 90 of these, 150 grand for his like uh, seven and eight figure earners to like whatever. 10x. 10x their business as his business coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, he's selling courses. He's selling books. He's selling, and he's also everything between and 150 grand yep. for times 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm probably undercharging on so many things. Yeah. That was one eye-opening thing. So I paid for a business coach. Yeah. And it's a big investment. How much did you pay? Because I used to pay for a business coach. I paid 16, 16 grand for four months. Okay. That's so more than I paid. <laughs> yeah. It is expensive. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I paid him that much is because in 2020, I started doing online training. He started in 2020 as well. And I kind of saw him like social media and I followed him because I was like, this guy's got some good ideas. Who is it? Uh, His name's Tanner Chittister. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was watching him kind of through the years. And in 2020, I hired a business coach. Um, I think it was three grand for three months. Okay. Um, But I didn't, I learned learned enough that I could get by. Mm -hmm. Um, But I watched this guy grow from making about how much I was making to making a hundred thousand a month, yeah, and I was like, and he's doing the same exact thing I'm doing. Like his niche is my niche, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll start paying attention to this. And then I saw that he's coaching fitness people now. So I was like, all right, I've seen him do this. Let's see how he does with other people. Right. And then he's other people are starting to duplicate what he's doing. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, so it's obviously worth it. I went in not knowing what it costed. I didn't care. I was going to pay it anyway. Yeah. So he could have charged me 30 grand. <laughs> okay. I would have paid it. But, um, I made the money back that I paid him in two weeks. Wow. So, I mean, that's awesome. The, the, the other reason I went with him is cause he gave me a money back guarantee too. He's like, wow. if you don't have the money back by four months, he's like, I'll pay you the 16 grand you paid me plus an extra 2000 for Wow, dude. He put so. his money where his mouth is. Dude. Yeah. And it was in the contract too. Cause I checked, I was like, I'm not signing this unless it that's says that. crazy. So he, um, I mean, he delivered. So yeah, that's awesome. I can't complain about it. <laughs> for um, sure. Fortunate that I had been following him for so long. Cause it takes a lot of time to build trust with those kind of people. So yeah, especially you don't know. Him, so, yeah, he got a start in door-to-door sales. He's from Utah. Yeah. And that's I did four years in door-to-door sales. That's my yeah. background. So. Yep, and he talks about that a lot. He talks about uh, developing his sales skills through door-to-door. Yeah. You get a lot of no's. So you learn to yeah, take no for sure. as just an answer, not, not personal. Yeah. <laughs> no's not even a no. It's just like, like you grow up in life thinking like, 
there's winning and losing, right? And like no's are a loss. Right. But like in sales, you learn like like no's aren't losses. They're just like it's just they an don't even compute. I you know, you could say like you know, they don't you know, they're just uh, stepping stone to the next yes, but that sounds clear. But they don't even just like they're not even that. They just yeah. don't even compute in your head after a while. It's just a thing. Yeah. It's just another word like the that means nothing. Right. It's a filler word. <laughs> and that that's what I've been learning this year is like yeah. don't take anything personal. It's it's a business. Yeah. Like you're not gonna win every sales call. You know? Right. It's just not gonna happen. So that's where So yeah. what did he teach you for sixteen grand? So he's so basically the way it works is you get access to this like private Facebook group. So you can ask he's got his ads guy on there, he's got his copy guy, um, messaging people. Mm. And, uh, there's one more, um, but they have four calls a week and actually they have six. So that something like the sales calls, they have double sales. Okay. That's the fourth one. So sales, they have double and then ads, they have two times a week. Okay. Um, so it teaches you how to run those, um, do those between Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google, whatever yeah. you want. Okay. Um, set up your Facebook pixel, all that sort of stuff. And then, uh, organic sales, uh, which I knew quite a bit about already. Cause that's kind of what I did in 2020. Okay. But they give you pretty foolproof uh, scripting. Uh, obviously, okay, you yeah. make it fit your own. Makes sense. Um, but messaging is like huge. Um, how, where to find leads, how to set up your audience yeah. the correct way. Basically, how to manage your own social media in a way that you're getting the leads you want instead of just mm. random followers. So mm, That's really cool. Um, super helpful. A lot of content ideas and then weekly coaching calls um, wow, okay. when it, there's a lot um, that went into it. And then there's it's like 150 videos of just how to do different things. So anything you have questions on, they already have the answer, which okay. is nice. So, Do you use a business coach or business or life coach now? I mean, I'm still technically in that program. Oh, you are? Um, okay. I'm like the last two weeks of it or something. Okay. Uh, but so I have paid him recently. Paid him in July. Okay. So yeah. July. Okay. So July to it's four months, July, August, September, October. Yeah. So I'm coming up on the end of it here. Nice. Um, but I used, I talk to my personal coach every week and lately we've been talking a lot about ads cause I'm at the point where I've kind of exhausted my organic so I need to right. start launching ad sort of stuff. Organic just means like you're following and then just people yeah. so in people, your ecosystem. Yeah, people who have known me for a while or yeah. people who are like new followers, that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I always send a message just like, hey. Yeah, you actually sent me one too. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I didn't respond because I, I don't. <laughs> anyone that knows me knows if they text me and, and there's no question mark at the end, I won't respond. It's, it's over. It's like I just don't. I hate responding to people. <laughs> if they call me, I'll always pick up. Oh, there you go. Just don't text me. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, of, again, no answers. Yeah. Just no in my head at this point. So yeah. I just message everybody like who follows me. Um, if they have an interest in fitness, great. We talk about that. I'll give you some free advice if you ask for it. Yeah. If you're interested in a coach, um, I send you my booking calendar and we, we talk about what that looks like. So Okay. Interesting. So... Have you, one thing that I think would be great and I think would pay dividends, especially for this podcast, is just hiring, have you ever heard like VAs, like virtual assistants mm -hmm. and hiring a VA to do content creation, like clip everything, create things. Yeah. And do, Cause that, I feel like that's like, how did you grow your Instagram? Like what was the main growth for years? Cause you're um, at like 5,300 right now. So recently, um, in the past couple months, I've had those reels that, uh, have like the subtitle text on it. Yep. Um, so I, I make those. Yep. Um, I edit them myself and do all that. Uh, those like exploded my following because okay. a couple of those went viral, like viral, I guess, like a couple. Yeah. I don't know, like 50 to 90,000 views yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. So you get a bunch of people from that. And then um, the thing that I've been doing lately because I've been pretty lazy with my content creation okay. <laughs> is just engagement so yeah i'll go click on a bunch of people's profiles like their stories and that sort of stuff and mm -hmm. leave a couple comments yeah um you get some followers from that but just consistency 
is really what's kind of gotten me most yeah. of my following. Yep. I do. I was talking to my business coach today. I do think someone bought me <laughs> like 150 to 200 followers. Really? Um, because I, I randomly just got like, because you can see where your followers live. Right. My India and my Russia just went through the roof, through the roof like okay. over the past two weeks. So um, I've been going through an unfollow, like making it so people like that I don't recognize or people that all showed up at once. I just unfollow, like make sure that they're not following me. Cause oh, remove them as a follower. skews your metrics. Oh, right? does it really? Yeah. It just like as far as who I, I want to see who's following me legitimately. Sure. Not bots do you know if it messes with the algorithm like if it's seeing it might people so okay i'm not entirely sure but your engagement numbers are super important so uh, like right now my engagement numbers are probably like five percent which isn't great anyway okay. yeah um so if i get more people who aren't engaging on my content yeah. they're just there it just drops it no, I feel like 80 so. percent of people that watch this don't subscribe so i get it yeah <laughs> like 80 percent yeah, i know seriously <laughs> all my friends um that's crazy so the goal for you at this point is to spend the next two three years to get that pro card and if not just really focus on the coaching business, business. yeah um where's the coaching business at now as far as how far like are you focused on growing it to where you can move away from your other job right or do you want to keep that other job still? like what's your so the goal is so initially the goal in july was to have it to a place where I could quit my job in December. Okay. Um, not looking realistic. So goals adjust, which is a great thing. Right. Um, That's something I'm going to talk to you about. Let's recap yeah, later. But. For sure. Um, so I've adjusted that to when it's kind of a loose goal. I'd like to have it by March. Yeah. Um, but it's whenever I make a set amount per month. Yeah. Uh, whatever I'm netting. Um whatever I'm comfortable with that amount per month, then I'll consider quitting LexisNexis. The problem is um, the stability of having a nine to five and then right. the benefits. So like insurance yeah. and 401k and all that yeah. stuff. So it is a, it's a tough decision. It'd have to be worth it for me to quit. But if sense. it ever comes to a point where I'm making enough, not doing my nine to five yeah. and um, it's stressing me out. I'll just quit. And it's not, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. So. Nice. Do you, with your coaching clients, do you work on goal setting? Yes. Like not just like, <laughs> let's pick a goal, but like the art of goal setting. Yeah. So okay. I have my master's in sports psychology. I oh, don't know nice. if you, yeah. So I love psychology. So a lot of what I do with my clients is one, um, habit breaking and habit forming. So a lot of, being out of shape is having bad habits. So we right. do a lot of that. And a lot of that spawns with um, setting goals. Okay. So what I like to do is I like to walk people backwards. So especially business-minded people, you have your five-year, 10-year, 20-year plan. Yep. We get your 20-year plan. That looks great and dandy. How are we going to get there? So we walk backwards from that okay. all the way up to like a month. Okay. So you have a month goal to do this because that pertains to the 20 year goal. Right. Okay. So, um, I do the smart goal system. Yep. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yep. yep. So specific, measurable, um, adjustable, realistic, realistic and time. time yeah, right. Time so I do that, which is why I was like, goals are adjustable. This is <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do that with most of my clients. And then I also do the long-term, short-term, um, mm. make them set three month goals, one month goals, and then six months a year, and then two-year goals. Okay. Um, nice. Go through how to do that, how to set that up. Mm. But I think it's very important to... I think so too, man. Like, yeah. I've been in the self-help industry for quite a while. I mean, like, I dropped out of college and got... Like, my first business book was, like, Gary Vee when I was, like, gotcha. 20 years old or something when I dropped out of school. Or maybe 20 or 19, I can't remember. But getting in the sales industry, I've seen, like... A lot of people speak. I've seen Ed Milet speak, Tim Grover speak. You know, I've done uh, an Ironman with James Lawrence, who's the Iron Cowboy. Like mm. the door-to-door -door industry is oddly filled with like some incredible people. And a lot of them because they did door-to-door -door back in the day, so they have like a special tie that they always kind of right. give, they give back to the door-to-door -door community. Yeah. But anyways, just to kind of like touch on goals, 
we always like get big on like me in the past setting like this big challenge. Like I'm doing this for 30 days or 75 hard or these, whatever. Right. And as soon as like one thing falls out of place, the whole goal is done. Yep. Cause you gave yourself no leeway for life to happen, for sickness to happen, for death, like for anything. Yeah. So one thing I've been doing recently, tell me like your sports psychology opinion on this is I have like a Google docs where I'm like, Essentially, I'm not making a hard goal as far as like, I need to do this 30 days. My big thing right now is for the last three weeks, I've been doing a cold shower every day. Okay. If I'm sick, I can miss it. That's fine. Right. And I've only missed one day without giving me the the ultimatum that I can't miss a day. Right. And then like, I read my Bible every day in the morning, but if I miss a day, it's fine. It's like the idea of, I want to make a change, but if I miss a day is fine, has kept me wildly consistent. Yep. Is that... Yeah. Proven. <laughs> that, well, it just makes sense. Yeah. Because um, if you... Self-forgiveness is often something people have a hard time with. Yeah. And uh, that's something that... I mean, I had a hard time with it for a while until someone explained it to me like this, which is how easy are you to forgive someone who's late to something right. or somebody who wronged you in some way, but, you know, they're close friends. So yeah. generally pretty quick to forgive but let's say you're on a diet and you have, you know, you eat pizza. Yeah. You're pretty hard on yourself. I mm-hmm. mean, you feel guilt. You feel shame. Yeah. Why don't you feel that way about your friends? Yeah. So that's a good you're point. treating yourself worse than you're treating other people, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's a good point. Um, and that's something that resonated with me. And since then, I've been a lot more forgiving yeah. <laughs> of myself, too. So. I think allowing yourself to fall off track yeah. and saying that's okay, let's get back on the horse tomorrow yeah. is much better than falling off track, beating yourself up about it, and then not getting back on track. Because yeah. that's generally what will happen otherwise. Yeah, and I've read a lot about that too. Like, you know, you know, like we're always you know, kinder to other people than we are ourselves. Yeah. Like if someone else is someone's like, it's all right, like good try, like let's get it next time. Yeah. If yeah. we do it like like you idiot, you you know, you yeah. just like cuss yourself out in your head. Right. But since doing like these essentially it's like an ongoing habit change. It's not a challenge, it's a habit change. Yeah. Yeah. My like internal dialogue in my head's been a lot nicer to myself. It's yeah. been like Hey, it's all right. You got this. Like, let's keep going. Like, it's been more encouraging and less like demeaning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Once you once you realize, and that's another reason why I coach sustainability. Yeah. Um, instead of just like a you know ninety day diet. Um, because once you realize that this is a lifestyle change. Yeah. As opposed to just there's an end, and once we get to that end, we can go back to the habits that we had. Um you become a lot more comfortable with being like, okay, there's going to be bad days. There's yeah. going to be good days. Yep. We have to weather both of those days. equally. Right. So, and I get like, I get the whole like 75 hard Andy Frisella yeah, because it's super cool. It, it breaks the excuses that you tell yourself. Yep. Cause like now you, you can't have an excuse cause it is 75 days. It's like, I get that hundred percent. Cause we, we're our, you know, best salesman to ourselves. We'll sell ourselves on why we can't do right. something, you know? Yeah. I get that side of it too, but, uh, I don't think it's realistic for most people to be honest. Yeah. And it's it, 75 hard is, it's a good system and it's good to get people started. Yeah. Um, who are competitive, right? But there's a lot of people out there who aren't competitive mm-hmm. and if they tried 75 hard, they'd quit like yeah. three, four days in, you know? Yeah. So, those people are the people who need the little slower roll of right. like, all right, let's just change a couple things. If you fall off, that's okay. Keep the things you like, keep doing those things. Um, but let's just tweak them just a bit. So I honestly think that consistency is more sustainable. Cause I was talking to, uh, Kira yep. and she is, you know, setting herself, setting herself up very well. And she's been posting on Instagram consistently for five years yeah like when she started five years ago it was every day yeah. every day five years and um it's funny i was telling her i made a you know it's, it's all relative but for me at the time a lot of money in door-to-door sales but because i made it like that in four months i blew it like that mm-hmm. but because she's been so consistent like I was, I was asking her i was like did you ever have like problems spending your money because all of a sudden you got money she's like well no because it took me a while to get it 
Gotcha. And then for me, it was like, oh, I have it. Now I'm going to spend it. Right. And that's essentially what I did when I had yeah. my good couple months. Um, yep. Is I, I did take care of a bunch of stuff I needed to take care of, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was nice. But it's also like I could have managed that a bit yeah, better. Yeah, dude, I feel you. So. We call that new money in yeah. door-to-door sales because you take all these 20-year-olds that all of a sudden, you know, most people quit door-to-door. Let's get that off. Like most people yeah. lose money in door-to-door because they spend money to train and get out to a different city and then they quit and then they owe back rent and all these things. So most yeah. people lose money. But the people that stick through it are making six, seven figures in the summer doing door-to-door. door-to-door and then they blow it all. Yeah. Which I can attest to. Yeah. <laughs> it's because new money. We're, we're not learned how to you, like. Yeah. Nobody teaches you how to take care of it unless you got really good parents as far as financially setting you up. Yeah. Way, so. And it's like, it's also like I have good parents, but I have good parents that didn't make that money. So like I didn't learn those go. lessons from my parents. You know what I mean? Right. I learned how to be nice to people, how to be respectful. Yeah. I didn't learn how to manage six figures. <laughs> Likewise. I mean, my, my dad declared bankruptcy when I was in high school. Okay, yeah. Um, my mom's very old school with her money. Yeah. As far as like everything goes in a savings account, never spend money Pay unless cash. you have to. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm, I'm like the philosophy of you kind of have to spend money to make money a little right. bit. Yeah. Especially if you're running your own Invest business. Invest in yourself, invest yeah. in your business, yeah. So... Um, talking to my mom about like when I started my business and like, uh, I just got off the, I was in my car on the phone, um, yeah. <laughs> for a little bit, just parked outside. Cause I was talking to her, I'm going to hire someone to do my ads. And she was like, oh, well, nice. do you have the money for that? Are you prepared <laughs> yeah. to do that? I was yeah. like, should pay for itself. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. if it works out. So, um, I think that there being, um, having financial, um, supervisors or financial role models is yeah. hard to come by. It is. And I'd say most people, like I for sure didn't have one um, growing up. Never talked finances with my parents. So Yeah, no, I came from like the background that you don't talk money. Yeah. Like I remember telling someone on the phone something about my, like, oh, I've got $5,000 in my bank account as a kid. My parents like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, it's like our best friend's mom. Like, what, like is she going to steal our money? Right. But that's the mindset. We don't talk about money. Yeah, you don't tell people that. Yeah. I yeah. I come from a very similar background in that way. Interesting. Yeah. So with your master's in sports psychology, why don't you advertise that? Do you not or do you like that? Um I a, do. So that's kinda like the the habit yeah. changing, lifestyle changing, mindset coaching. Yep. Um the plan initially was to use that as a uh like working for a sports team. Mm. But they're very hard to get those jobs, turns out. Yeah, there's not a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, so, and I have some ins in baseball, which is great. Um, but it, I do enjoy fitness lifestyle coaching. Right. And I can use my mindset stuff that I did learn um, through my master's program, doing it as kind of like an added bonus to my clients. It's, okay. I do have the qualifications to coach people through confidence, motivation, um, injury rehab, like so, when you get hurt, yeah. generally messes with your head too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, goal setting, all that sort of stuff. I do have the training, so if you're like not motivated, right. there's things I know that can help find motivation. And if you're not confident in yourself, there's things, there's activities that can show you or tell you that will help boost your confidence in the long run. So. Hmm. It's kind of using it, but not as much as I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, I can't remember what your Instagram. There's something in there in your Instagram that says inaction equals, or what was it? Yeah, um, inaction. Uh, what does it say? It's like something about procrastination, right? So let me see what it exactly says. Let me pull it up. It's been a while since I've looked at my own Instagram bio. Because I was going to, okay, here we go. Let's see. Inaction impedes progress. Yeah. Okay. So essentially that just means don't procrastinate. So from a you know psychology standpoint, I mean, everyone can be like, just quit procrastinating and get after it. But like maybe a deeper look into it. So I'll put my buddy kind of on blast. He's the jack, I was telling you. Gotcha. Great guy, hard worker. He did sales with me. I recruited him to door-to-door, did all that. Um, he's, pretty, he's pretty dang fit. I mean, like. Yeah, he looks like a fit kid. You showed me some pictures. Yeah, like, so his, um, I mean, he's been lifting for, I mean, he's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, probably going to kill me for saying 5'8", but 
Say five nine. <laughs> five ten. Five ten. Um, he he can bench three hundred pounds. Okay. Super lean. Yep. Can run a marathon like that. Yep. Like we did the Ridge Bridger Ridge. We ended up doing twenty two miles a few months ago. Right. Um, big into surf, like just like a big fitness like um, adventure. I don't know, like like he's just like. Yeah, outdoorsy. Outdoorsy guy. And like this is a, you know this is what he looked like. He's you know, he's a he's a fit guy. Yeah. Fit kid. Fit kid. He works at a uh detail shop in town right now. Okay. And he really wants to get into the online coaching industry. Yeah. And I always give him crap about like, dude, quit like he wants to quit, but he's procrastinating quitting. Right. But he really wants to be in health and fitness or online coaching. Yeah. What do you think for him is like the biggest thing just to get him to make that? Like what's impeding his like, I think it comes from a fear yeah. perspective. I mean, yeah, a lot of the reason why we don't act on things is some sort of fear. Yeah. And I know for me, this is going to sound weird, but I'm sure other, I, I know for a fact other people suffer this too, yep. but a lot of people have fear of failure. I've never had a fear of failure. Yeah. I think that comes from, uh, growing up as a baseball player, because mm. you know you're successful three out of ten times, and That's you're point. considered amazing at yeah. baseball. I had the problem of uh, fear of success. And, mm. um, Talk about I, that. Yeah, so like not, I would intentionally procrastinate things um, to the point where I would do them at the last second and not put as much effort in right. because I was afraid of what happened if I did better uh-huh. so and i'm still working on this there's there's days yeah. that are better than others um but now that i've noticed that oh okay i'm doing this because i'm afraid if i do well at this what's the next thing i'm gonna do so it's almost like a fear of success leading to the fear of the unknown dude i resonate with that because like growing up in ashland montana this yeah. you know right off the reservation no one's doing anything with their life down that way you know right um i mean there's there's ranchers that are hustling but like that kind of the reservation world it's it's a lot of poverty it's a lot of things yeah yeah and i grew up in a good household but i think like me having success and sales and things like that really mess with my head because it's like yeah almost like i don't deserve it yeah and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the deal um the other deal and i'm sure you were raised the same way is like be humble don't exactly don't yeah. talk about how good 100%. you are at certain things yeah uh, make sure that like you're helping other people out um and that's a good thing to be raised on. Don't right. get me wrong. But yep. there's a point where that starts to, you start to talk to yourself where it's like, that was a good thing we did, but we can't, we can't be too happy about that because yeah. then we're going to be braggy and then we're cocky. And then once we're cocky, <laughs> nobody's going to like us anymore. So it's, it's almost like yeah. a fear of that was bred out of me. Cause I remember my grandma got me a shirt in basketball <laughs> and it said, damn, I'm good. <laughs> and I was like sick. And they're like, no, you're not wearing that. Yeah. And like, no, there was no ounce of like cockiness that was allowed really. Yeah. So yeah. Same way. Like, I mean, my dad was my baseball coach forever. Uh-huh. Um, so I always felt like, you know, I, I had to be the role model. I had to be like the team captain. Yeah. I didn't want to be too flashy. Um, yep. If you wore a backwards hat anywhere between like the ages of six and 18, my dad would have just knocked it off your head. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, I, tough to tough to be bragging and cocky in that sense, kind of yeah. environment yep. and that stuck with me and now it's to the point where if you if you are selling in in the business that i'm in you're selling yourself yep as a coach 100 so i i kind of have to talk about my accomplishments so mm-hmm. um it was getting over that has been tough that's big yeah um and, and I'm, I'm better about it now and like i know there's situations where I don't have to do it. And there's situations where it's, it makes sense to talk about your accomplishments. Yeah. And there's situations where it's like, all right, I can be normal. Oh, yeah. Cool. Joe Sean over here. Sure. Um, but getting over that was huge for me. So the fear of success and then the fear of the unknown is something that I still struggle with as far as like, all right, I get to this level in my business. What, like, how do I manage that? What do I do next? Mm. What, what, what happens when I get to the point where sense. I have enough clients that I do have to quit my day job and I might have to hire people? Uh, you know what I mean? Sense, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, I've been struggling with now. But as far as your buddy's concerned, yep. 
I think it's like just a fear of one, no stability. You're losing stability when you lose a nine to five job, which just kind of sucks. You're betting on yourself. Um, so you have to be really confident that you're, you're ready to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about his background in fitness. Um, but if he's, if he's no got, like certificates or anything, just a long background and yeah, you know, I guess like YouTube university, podcast university, doing his own research, things like that. Right. You know? So I, I guess the first thing I recommend is getting some credibility yeah. in his name. So maybe getting a certificate or mm-hmm. getting, um, something that says, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that, that goes a long ways for sure. And then two is just, um, getting that experience. So the first Basically, the first year of my coaching was all done really cheap. It was like super mm. cheap prices for everybody. That makes sense. And I have a buddy who's doing that right now. I asked him what he's charging a month because he's a really smart dude. But he's charging like 100 bucks a month for his clients. And I'm like, dude, you can charge like quite a bit more than that. He's like, I just want the experience. Okay. he's I very like new into this. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Because I was charging... Yeah, I was charging about 100, 150 bucks a month when I first started. Okay. So getting that experience is invaluable. Just one, you see if you like it. Makes sense. Coaching has a huge burnout rate. Okay. Um, if you don't like it, you're not like you're not sticking with it. It's kind of like door to door sales, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Um, and then two, uh, you build that credibility. The word of mouth starts to go. Um, you get those clients who love you. So that would be my big steps for him. Is Get the credibility, get the experience. If he likes it, then he could probably quit. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't, then you know, he still got his job. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think the biggest thing is just like, just take one step. Yeah. Don't take all the steps. Yeah, you don't. There's nothing that says you have to just go all one. in all at once. Yeah. So. I agree. What do you, uh, as being like a psychology major and stuff, what are you reading right now? Assuming you're a reader. Um, I don't read often. Okay. And what I've been reading mostly lately for like the past two years is like um, either stoicism stuff. So I've, I've okay. been reading um, Epictetus. Uh, I can't remember what the book's called. It's his, basically his journal. Yeah, okay. Um, so his, his version of meditation, right. essentially. Yep. And then uh, business books. So okay. like... <laughs> Which ones? Um a lot of like social media okay. uh, business. I just got Alex Hermosi's book. Which one? Um, $100 million offer. $100 million. I just got that yeah. one as well. Yep. On Audible. Uh, yeah. And then Chan- Tanner Chittister sent me one of his books. So I haven't cracked it yet. Okay. But um, apparently it's pretty good. Interesting. But a lot of self-help business. And then, like I said, I love philosophy. So yeah. I have Tao Te Ching, mm, um, yep. Meditations. Epictetus and then Seneca's uh, book of book of life, I think it is. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, those are kind of my my go tos. Interesting. Have you read much of Ryan Holiday or know much of him? Uh. Uh-uh. Know him? Do you know who he is? Name sounds really familiar. He wrote. Um, I think what he got most popular for was uh, three hundred sixty. Is like what was it? the Daily Stoic. So the Daily oh, Stoic. Oh okay. yeah. And okay. then the obstacles I, the way egos the enemy. I almost bought the Daily Stoic. It's, I, it's good. I passed. <laughs> I, his new book just came out. It's called Discipline is Destiny. Okay. And there's like four four principles of stoicism. And this is like one of the principles is, is discipline. Gotcha. Essentially. Um, yeah, it makes sense. No, it's super good. I really enjoy the Stoics as well. And then what podcasts, since you do have a podcast and you're on podcasts, what do you listen to? What podcasts are your... So I'm a bodybuilding nut. Yeah. So I listen to a lot of bodybuilding podcasts. Um the RBP Real Bodybuilding Podcast okay. is Fuad, Abiyad, and a bunch of his bodybuilding buddies. Um, the Dragon's Lair is Flex Lewis, um, okay. his podcast. They talk a lot of business on that, actually. Nice. It's pretty interesting. Um, he had Jelly Roll, who's a country music oh, singer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had him on like yeah. last week. Okay. Pretty interesting. Um, and then, obviously, I love Joe Rogan. Um, yeah. Depending on the guest. I'll yeah, listen for to sure. Him, Andrew Huberman. Yep. Um, really good podcasts. And then just kind of randomly, whatever sounds good. Used to listen to a bunch of like D&D podcasts, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Nerdy stuff. But now I'm yeah. more into um, kind of the more educational sort yeah. of stuff. So John Jewett, J3U okay. uh, podcast is a really good one too. If you're interested in any realm of like 
nutrition, hypertrophy, any of that sort of stuff. Okay. Pretty in depth. Heck yeah. I just got like a couple more questions. We're probably reaching that hour point. Um, one thing I've been consuming a lot of liver King lately. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I've always loved liver. I've eaten liver for a long right. time and I'm a big nut in health and fitness too. Like back in, I guess last year I got like a certified holistic fitness uh, certificate, which was like a okay. online course with like homework and stuff, which is nothing too crazy. It was like eight right. weeks, two months. Gotcha. But, um, you know, I live in a Ben Greenfield, Andrew Huberman, like ben always Greenfield's good too. Yeah. love Ben Greenfield. So do you think, are you, are you going to start eating raw liver, raw testicle, no. <laughs> raw, raw anything, raw egg? I just ate three raw eggs today. I am not. Um, I think, uh, there's a reason <laughs> our body digests, uh, cooked meat pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, you actually like. I'm not sure with the liver. I haven't really looked into it with liver, but you actually miss a lot of like the protein source if you don't cook your meat because oh, it takes okay. takes more to digest. And when you when you denature the proteins by cooking it, your body uptakes it better. Yeah, so okay. if you're just eating like raw steaks, you're actually missing out on a lot of the nutritional value, which is it is what it is. You just have to eat more of it to get okay. what you would with cooked food. Oh, wow. um, I imagine organ meat's probably a little different. Sure. Because liver is like super rich in nutrients and stuff. A little stuff. more nutrients than just protein and stuff. Yeah. And raw like eggs, that. again, like technically you don't need to cook eggs if you know the source. Like yeah. it's, it's fine. But salmonella is, is a thing. Right. So you got to worry about that a little bit, especially with like commercially Yeah, big commercial eggs. eggs yeah. yeah. But like farm fresh eggs are fine. And same thing with like, you know, raw milk. People, you yeah, know, people drink sure. milk without You can buy raw milk, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I have no interest in no? Uh, consuming raw okay. products other than sushi. So. Nice. <laughs> so are you natural? No. You're not? Okay. Not, what do you so. take? Um, currently, just health supplements. But I've, okay. I've done SARMs and okay. um, all that sort of stuff. And what is SARMs? I have no idea. So I just asked a question. I have no Selective clue. androgen receptor modulators. Okay. Um, and essentially what they do is instead of putting extra hormones in your body, yep. um, it just opens up your androgen receptors. Oh, wow. Uh, so you, instead of being able to take like one, this is like super layman's terms, but... If your body was able to take a hundred, um, hundred testosterone molecules yep. an hour okay. into your, let's say you're working on your shoulders. Yep. Um, if it was able to take a hundred an hour, that was its cap. Uh, if you take SARMs, it, it makes the receptor modulator able to take more than that. So, okay. Wow. That's sweet. Um, you end up making, um, more natural hormones because your body can, um, Dang, okay. Do more with them. However, there is a lot more research coming out <laughs> on SARMs uh, uh, that they're not great longevity-wise. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, yeah, definitely, probably staying away from those in the future. And just do pure tests? Is, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, okay. probably going more towards the more researched um, stuff as far as steroids go. Yeah. But again, it's not the best for you. Right. Um. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's a conversation I've had with my dad um, and my wife, both not huge fans of it. My right. dad understands it a little bit more because he, he used to bodybuild. So. Sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so obviously he did it, but he also had a heart attack at 45. So uh, yeah, there is a lot more research. Um, I'm a big advocate of doing your blood work if you're going to do this sort of stuff. Yep. Um, make sure everything's in check. But yeah. Um, no, not natural. Haven't been technically since 17. Okay. Because Dang, that's early. <laughs> because I took pro hormones. I didn't know they were pro hormones. Oh, so wow. They okay. sold them at GNC. Oh, really? Um, I just found this out like last year. I was like, that's crazy. I guess I'm, I guess I'm not natural wow. <laughs> since I was 17. But that's I didn't funny. know, so I don't count that. I guess uh, from when I knew was, was 26. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, it's not too long ago. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I got to ask you this. What is your hanging routine? The hanging routine? Yeah. Where did you see this? You texted it to me. Mm. <laughs> or you did right. Yeah. I messaged you. So yeah. um, I started working with a new coach Okay. Uh, recently after my national show. I actually lived with him okay. at the Airbnb. 
Um, his name is Ray Baker. He's well known in the bodybuilding community. And he sent me this giant list of things that I'd never seen before. As far as like, when you think of a bodybuilding plan, you think of workout, nutrition, supplements. That's right. It. Yep. He sent me a workout, nutrition, supplements, a breathing routine, a floor dwelling routine, a hanging routine, a, a health supplement list. He sent me uh, ab, like midsection routine, which is separate from doing abs. So his oh. whole approach to bodybuilding is holistic. Wow. He also sent me like foot exercises, corrective eye exercises. Like wow. he just wants Dang. you to be an okay. overall better yeah. human. Okay. That's <laughs> like sweet. a better mover, which is cool. Yeah. I've never seen that in a bodybuilding sense. Yeah. Um, but hanging, the hanging routine, what he does is he has you start by hanging with your feet touching the floor okay. and just kind of hanging and stretching. Yep. Um, a lot of people who sit in chairs all day or a lot of people who um, aren't, you know, pretty sedentary people yeah. have shoulder issues because they're not, you're not using your shoulders Makes sense. and your shoulders are very dynamic. Yep. Um, so hanging will stretch them out. After a couple of weeks, he kind of bumps it up and you hang for 20 seconds and 30 and 40 and 50. And then eventually you get your feet off the ground. And what he wants you to do is instead of just passively hanging, he wants you to like pull your shoulders down and hang in that position. Like your your shoulders are okay. strong. Yeah. Um, your muscles are activated and you're hanging there for just 50 seconds. And I challenge anyone to try that. It's it's tougher than you think. Okay. 50 seconds I'm gonna is a do while. It tonight. Yeah. I mean, it seems like not that much time, but you do it four times yeah. a week. I've been blessed with never having shoulder problems. Okay. Um, but this is definitely preventative as well. So mm. it just keeps your shoulders a bit stronger. Um, it keeps your core tight because when you're hanging, it's kind of tough to let your core relax. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a different approach to coaching that i've ever seen okay and uh i no, kind of like that. it so and the floor dwelling is literally that you're just hanging out on the floor for any given amount of time so no i'm really big into like natural yeah i don't know natural health and fitness i mean just a brush i have a brain tumor and okay. regular doctors didn't find it it took a naturopath in town to find it huh so I have a lot of respect for anything natural right that uh yeah, isn't so pharmaceutical, I guess. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, dude, this was great, man. Yeah. You're a lot deeper in person than I thought you were. So yeah, I appreciate it. You should yeah. probably, I, I don't know, I think you should talk more about psychology on your Instagram. Yeah, I could. I definitely could go into it. Because so. that's, I don't know, that's selfish standpoints because I find a lot of <laughs> interest in psychology. Well, I've been searching for content, so maybe I'll do some mindset stuff. Yeah, no, that'd be sweet. Um, but your Instagram is healthy as a horsen. That's correct. That's right. Healthy as a horse. And then you have your link tree down there. It has your... Yeah, it has my coaching. Yep. It has discounts to whoever I'm affiliated with. And, nice. Um, YouTube, TikTok. Not yep. very active on either of those, but yep. you can find me. Cool. And you have a three-day nutrition masterclass on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, all recorded already. Okay. Gone and passed, but... The information's still, still invaluable. It's, it's very good information. So, Heck yeah. 40 minutes of content. So, I love it. Sweet. So, uh, go check Sean out. Obviously, has a lot of knowledge on health and fitness, nutrition, psychology. Um, give him a follow, ask him any questions. And thanks for watching. Love you guys. See you next week.